All right. Good morning. We're going to get rolling here. Week three of our class titled Habits of Grace. Glad you're here this morning again. Um, uh, this class titled Habits of Grace. If you're here for the first time, welcome. Subtitle, Enjoying Jesus Through the Spiritual Discipline. So it, just a as a reminder, a refresher, this class is, is about spiritual disciplines, but it's not just going to be a, a class about these things. We just don't want to talk about these things. Um, this is going to be a, a class about just enjoying Jesus more, um, knowing him, treasuring him. That's, that's really the thrust, the goal of this class. Um, as as we've, we talked about that first week and hopefully saw last week, again this week uh, and throughout this class, that th these things, they're paths that God has given us to enjoying him uh, more, enjoying Jesus more, experiencing more of his grace in our lives. That's, that's what spiritual disciplines are all about. Um, so my, my hope isn't that we walk away from our time together, um, you know, knowing more things about scripture reading or knowing more things about prayer, um, but that we would walk away with this, you know, unquenchable desire to just know Jesus more in our everyday lives. Um, so this class is going to be all about cultivating life-giving habits in our ordinary lives that help us treasure Jesus more in, in the everyday stuff so that we can stay close to Jesus that we can grow up in Jesus and make it to the end, still holding on to Jesus. That's, that's what this is all about. Real quick, real, uh, just a, a brief recap. Um, spiritual disciplines, habits of grace, we, we talked about these being um, means of grace. And all this means is that these things that we call spiritual disciplines are really just God's promised channels or pathways for getting more of and enjoying more of his grace. Um, so, so recall, I told this story, made up this story about these two travelers, right? They're, they're out on this journey and they're walking and, and the one traveler, he, uh, they, they're both advised to, you know, stop at these streams along the way. It's a long journey, refill, refresh, that sort of thing. And then be on your way. And, the, and they, they begin that way. But the one traveler, he, he's he sort of stops doing that and stops making the practice of that stops. And he continues and he steps over these streams thinking he's going to be all right. Um, but uh, what we want to do is just we want to make a habit in our, in our lives to just stop along these, these pathways that God's given us to, to refresh, to experience his grace, uh, to, to taste his goodness, uh, to experience Jesus, uh, to see him and experience more of his grace. So that's, that's what these things are. That's what we're doing when we're reading scripture or when we're praying. Um, uh, so uh, what is the aim in all of this? Um, the aim, uh, as we talked about, um, the final joy of all of these rhythms, these habits. Think of Philippians 3, 8. Paul says, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So when it's all said and done, we don't want to just be better prayers, right? Or, or better at, um, you know, honing our techniques. Um, that sort of thing. Our aim uh, is to be the one in Jeremiah 9, 23, 24, um, who understands and knows me, um, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love and justice and righteousness in the earth. The, the heartbeat of these habits, you could, we could say, um, the heartbeat of the habits that we want to cultivate together is Hosea 6, 3. 
let us know. Let us press on to know the Lord. Um, that's what really anchors our habits, knowing Jesus. So that's, that's the heart of it all, knowing and enjoying Jesus. Um, <clears throat> so today we're going to shift our focus to um, uh, one of the, the most essential pieces of the Christian life, which is prayer. Uh, prayer is just this, it's this vital and precious means that God's given us to enjoy Jesus. Um, it, it's at the very heart and center of the Christian life, actually. Um, Mathis, um, uh, David Mathis, who wrote this book, um, I think I referenced this. We, we're using this book as a guide. It's a, it's a wonderful resource. Uh, uh, we're using this book um, to help us with these classes. But he says, um, without prayer, uh, there's no true relationship with God and no deep delight in who he is, only glimpses from afar. Prayer is super important. Um, but let's be honest. Let's be real with one another for just a moment. Prayer is really hard, isn't it? Um, does anyone find prayer hard? Um, why? Maybe let's talk a bit. Why, why is it hard to cultivate a praying life? Anyone want to be the first brave one to throw out? Yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Jean. Mm. Oh, man. Yes, yeah. It is hard to be still. Yeah. It's hard to talk to someone you can't physically see. Yeah, hard to talk to someone. We say God is a person. Hard to talk to someone we can't see. Yeah. Anyone else? Why is it hard to cultivate a praying life? Yeah, Olivia. Um, I feel like I gravitate towards what I can do first before mm. I pray. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe pulling yourself together um, before you come before the Lord. Yeah, I feel that too. Anyone else? I think sometimes we expect him when we do it for fun. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Mm. Even with that, because it's when you have praise, it's like concentrated praise. So something or someone is trying to keep us mm. from praying. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Absolutely. One more. Anyone else? Why is it hard? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, um, all of those, and I think if we just spent the rest of the time talking, we could come up with a long list of reasons why it's hard for us to pray, cultivate a praying life. I wonder if among these things that we're talking about, it's, it's hard to make a habit of praying um, in our lives because we see um, only through the lens of duty and not delight. Um, or we see prayer as something that we do to, to get something from God. Um, we do it because we, we want something. But what if prayer wasn't about getting things from God, um, but getting God himself? Not about getting things from God, but getting God himself. Do you think, do you think that would maybe change the way that we see prayer? 
Um, would it change the way that we pray? I think it, I think it does. I think it could. Uh, John Piper says this. He says, it's, it's not wrong to want God's gifts and ask for them. Most prayers in the Bible are for the gifts of God. But ultimately, every gift should be desired because it shows us and brings us more of him. When this, would, uh, when this world totally fails, the ground for joy remains. It's God himself. Therefore, surely every prayer for life and health and home and family and job and ministry in the world is secondary. And the great purpose of prayer is to ask that in and through all his gifts, God would be our joy. Um, C.S. Lewis, memorably, he says this. He says, prayer in the sense of petition, asking for things, it's a really small part of it. Confession and repentance are its threshold. Adoration, it's sanctuary. And the presence and vision and enjoyment of God is its bread and wine. It's, it's a beautiful picture that he paints there. So what is that, the great purpose of our prayers? Why, why do we work to cultivate this? Uh, Mathis, again, he says the great purpose of prayer is to come humbly and expectantly and because of Jesus, boldly into the conscious presence of God to relate to him, to talk with him, and ultimately to enjoy him, to treasure him. So the, the heart of prayer isn't um, getting things from God, but the heart of prayer is getting God. We're like losing first two rows here. And I, I really like this design too. Welcome, guys. Um, do we need to snack chairs from out there too? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Oh, man. We've got a few here too that I can help grab too. Um, so uh, ultimately, we want to enjoy Jesus. We want to treasure him more. Um, so let's talk briefly, before we talk about like, what prayer is, how we do it, um, I think it's important to, to see prayer for what it is. Just to take a step back, check it out. What is prayer? It is a good gift. Prayer is a good gift from a good God. Um, what is the gift that prayer is? The gift is that we actually have God's ear. We, we actually have, think about that God himself who created all things, we have his ear. There's this refrain in the Old Testament, I was thinking about this last night, that God, incl God incline your ear, incline your ear, incline your ear to me. We see this like all throughout the Old Testament. Incline your ear, open your eyes, let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas. This, this seems like, I mean, if we really think about it, it seems like a really audacious thing to say. Um, what gives us the right to ask God to give us his ear, to listen to us? Um, if we go back to the very beginning, the beginning of the story, um, of God's story, Genesis, we, we learn that there's, there's this first speaker, God himself. Um, and his voice is the first voice that we hear. Tim Keller says this, all prayer is responding to God. All prayer is responding to God. And in, in all cases, God is the initiator. Hearing always precedes asking. God comes to us first, and we would never reach out to him, or we would never reach out to him. Prayer as a spiritual gift is a genuine personal conversation in reply to God's specific verbal revelation. God speaks first, right? So he expresses himself. He wants us to hear his voice. Um, 
But that's not all. He, he wants us to hear his voice, and this is really incredible. He wants to hear ours, too. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants to hear ours, too. That's incredible. God's speech um, initiates our speech, our response. Um, his voice breaks the silence, and in prayer we speak to the one who's spoken to us. The speaking God not only has spoken, but remarkably, he listens. God listens to us. He stops, and he comes near, and he, he wants to hear you. He stands ready to hear your voice. He opens his mouth, and he's spoken to us, but now he, he opens his ear to us. Um, so this is just, it's a, I, I say this because it's, it's important to see what a gift we have in prayer. Um, this indispensable uh, gift that we have the very ear of God. I thought that door was going to swing wide open just there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, maybe you're thinking, um, you know, this, this sounds great. I don't feel like I have God's ear, though. And there, are, there are seasons, right, in life where we feel we go through these spiritually dry seasons, and we feel like we... We, that God is far off, that we actually don't have his ear. Um, which of us, you know, hasn't felt this um, in, our, in our lives? Um, but let me encourage you with the, the good news of the gospel. Um, we have the Son. We have Christ. Um, and our having God's ear is as sure as having God's Son. We have God's ear. Why can we bank on that, that God will listen to us and hear our prayers? Because if we're, we're, if we're God's kids, if we're children of God, we have his son. Um, Hebrews 7.25, he, Jesus, is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So take comfort. If you have Jesus, uh, you have God's ear. Any, any questions at this point? Any thoughts? Questions? Cool. So what is prayer? Um, so we have, we have God's ear. Uh, he opens his ear to us. He, he delights to hear from us. He wants to hear from us. What is prayer? I think prayer at its core is talking with God. Prayer is talking with God. Here's John Piper's definition. He says, prayer is intentionally conveying a message to God. He has a way of always putting it just slightly differently, but it's, it's sort of the same concept, intentionally conveying a message to God. Here's what Keller says. He's asking a question, what is, what is prayer in the fullest sense? He says this. I'm also, by the way, I'm going to, I just keep referencing these, but these three books, I'll put them up here, you guys can check them out, um, have been, I can't hold three books at the same time. <laughs> these books, Keller's book on prayer has been super helpful to me. It's a bit of a bigger read, though, um, but it's, it's great. It's typical Keller stuff. This book has been really helpful to me, super insightful. I've learned a lot from this, um, Miller's A Praying Life, and then course, this book as well, which doesn't just deal with prayer. It deals with um, all the habits of grace. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll leave these up here. You guys can check them out or steal them or whatever. Um, 
so Keller, he says, prayer is continuing a conversation that God has started through his word and his grace, which eventually becomes a full encounter with him. Calvin says this, um, really helpful, I think. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith. In other words, prayer is the primary way that true faith expresses itself. Prayer is the, the, the primary way that true faith expresses itself. However, however we define prayer, um, one thing is clear. When we look at the Gospels, um, Jesus ex- just expects that his followers would live praying lives. Um, you know, we looked at to, um, Sermon on the Mount, Matt um, 6, 5. When you pray, Jesus says, pray like this. Or the book of Acts, uh, you know, it doesn't tell us the times and places that the early church prays. It just says in Acts 1.14, all, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. And then it's like littered with um, examples of the early church praying. Uh, Paul says in Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves uh, to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And then he says in 1 Thessalonians, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So we, we have God's ear. Um, so let's make the most of it. Um, so we're going to talk a bit about making a habit of prayer. Um, there's sort of these two um, contexts, I guess, where we uh, are encouraged in the word to pray. That's in secret um, and then with one another. So we're getting alone with God um, personally, privately, and we're getting alone with God with one another. Um, so just let's think, um, just want to take some time, think about these two things with you, and then uh, we'll move on to just thinking about some practical helps, things that have been super helpful for me in thinking about prayer. Um, to know and enjoy Jesus more, we need to cultivate this habit of praying in the closet. Uh, in secret. Where do we get this idea? Um, it comes straight from Matthew's Sermon on the Mount. Um, I'm not going to dig into that. We did a, a sermon series through um, on the Lord's Prayer. If you, if you want, you can go back. Josh preached on this specifically, um, and um, it sort of unpacks this a bit more. Um, but we, um, Jesus says this, when you pray, go into your room Shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, if you want to get a pulse on like spiritual health, um, ask the question: Do I talk to God uh, when nobody's watching? That's I think that's a, it's a question that that I've started to ask myself. That's been really convicting to me. Um, I've gotten a pulse on my spiritual health um, just by asking this question. Tim Keller says, the infallible test of spiritual integrity and health, Jesus says, is your private prayer life. Many people will pray when they are required to, or perhaps by the anxious or the anxiety caused by troubling circumstances, but those with a genuine lived relationship with God as Father, however, will inwardly want to pray and therefore will pray even though nothing on the outside is pressing them to do so. Um, Jack Miller, in his book, A Praying Life, um, once said that he could 
he could tell a great deal about a person's um, spiritual, their relationship with God just by listening to them uh, pray. He says you can, you can tell if a person is really on speaking terms with God. Um, so ask yourself, um, and a question I'm asking myself too, am I on speaking terms with God? Am I on speaking terms with him? Um, how are you doing with that? You don't have to raise your hand. Just <laughs> think about that um, as you think about cultivating just a regular habit of, of enjoying Jesus through prayer. Um, am I on speaking terms with God? Um, so as you evaluate these, you, you know, this rhythm of praying in secret, privately, um, in the closet. doesn't have to be in a closet. Um, ours are too small at home to, to make that a place to pray. Um, and filled with shoes and jackets and stuff. So, But just a few tips um, or just suggestions for enriching your prayer life. Create that closet, um, a place where you go just, just to regularly get alone with God. Um, uh, just a personal example, I, I've been convicted recently that I'm not doing this um, uh, at all, well at all. Um, so I stop, I do a lot of cycling, um, in the mornings and I used to, uh, bring my headphones to pass the, cause it takes like two hours or something like that. I'm like, I need to listen to a podcast. I need to listen to music. I need to like be doing something, accomplishing something. Um, and, and I, I thought recently, um, I, I was convicted that, that Perhaps I'm not using that time in, in a way to just draw near to the Lord. So I actually leave my headphones at home now, and I spend a good bit of that time when I'm not, like, worried about a car next to me smacking me, um, thinking and praying. Um, and it has been, like, really fruitful um, and just a, a good use of – I'm not praying the entire two hours, but it's just this dipping in and out conversation with the Lord. And it's been – it's been, so that has been my closet, essentially. Um, but whatever it is for you, create that space. Um, begin with the Bible. Um, times where Kate and I have, have gone through uh, difficult seasons of suffering, um, we go like straight to the Bible and we literally just pray the Psalms together. Um, and it has been really good for us. It has given us language. Um, to pray. Um, can, you, can you take us through how to do that a little bit? Yeah. Like, like praying the Bible is normally in the like, praying context. Mm. We don't know like, what to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's good. Um, so, um, yeah. So there, there are psalms that... Um, you know, particularly, I find myself in prayer wanting to jump straight to asking the Lord for something. Um, but where I think the Psalms help us is they start with praise, adoration. They like they focus our attention on God Himself, and so it gives us language to even begin our prayers. We we're praising Him for who He is. Um, but there's you know there's there's the adoration. There's confession. Like, how do we confess our sin? Psalm 51 is a great place to start. You know, thinking about 
what, what does it look like to, to bring our sin before the Lord? Um, Thanksgiving, the Psalms are littered with Psalms of thanks. Paul, like Paul's prayers, um, just tons of thanks. Thanks after thanks after thanks. And so, like, um, man, if I'm having a hard time, like, being thankful for people in my life, Paul's a great place to start. He's super thankful for the church. Um, and, or even thinking about, like, lament, too. Le- the Psalms of lament, Psalm 42, for example, have, have just been helpful in giving me language to bring my cares and my concerns before the Lord. Um, so that's, I think it just, when we're struggling to find language, uh, later on I want to say it's okay. I think we should babble. I think the Lord delights in our babbling um, and wants us to be um, kids, like like children eager to, to talk. When I have a conversation with my little genie, um, it's like ping pong all over the place. And the Lord delights in that. Um, he wants us to, to babble and wobble, take our first steps in prayer um, and walk in, you know. Um, so those are just, those are some things. Yeah. Also, yeah. a really good book called Praying the Bible. Oh, Donna nice. Whitney. Oh, yeah. Um, Donna Whitney. Yeah. And yeah. really, like, that was really helpful. Like, that's another book I really feel like nice. you really want to pray the Bible. Nice. That's and great. And learn how to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, that's a great question because it does feel really foreign. Like, what do we like start in numbers and start praying numbers or something like that? <laughs> um, probably not. Um, a good place to start would be the Psalms or even going to um, Paul and, and just taking his prayers into bite size and just, you know, working that language into, into your prayer first. Yeah. That's that's wonderful. Um, thanks for that recommendation, both of you. Those are that's great. Um, any other like questions or thoughts before we keep going? That's awesome. I'm going to take your recommendation and read that book because I haven't read it. Thank you for that. That's great. Um, any other book recommendations? <laughs> this is super helpful for me. So, um, Yeah, I'm writing them down right now. Um, so getting alone with God ourselves, but doing so with one another too. Um, Keller says, everywhere God is, prayer is. Since God is everywhere and infinitely great, prayer must be all-pervasive in our lives. So the, the high point or the climax of all-pervasive prayer, outside of your, your closet, um, praying with the Lord in secret, is with God's people. Um, it's with the church, fellow um, believers, um, followers of Jesus. Jesus, he, he prayed alone a lot, right? We, we look at the Gospels, and he's, he's often going away to pray alone, but he doesn't just pray alone. He, he actually prays with others. He lets others invade his space um, 
and pray with him. Luke 9, 18 says this, Now it happened that as he, Jesus, was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And this is just like regular practice for Jesus. So um, I have found prayer with praying with one another to just be like uh, one of the sweetest um, one of the sweetest things of the Christian life. Um, it, and, and it's not just like in moments where um, I, where you're like real low, right? And um, you're in those low valleys of, of the Christian life, but just the, the moments that I think I remember most and that are most shaping are when someone comes alongside and pulls you aside and says, can I pray for you now about whatever it is? Um, have been super impactful in my Christian walk. Um, so just a few, just a few benefits to praying together. Um, actually, before I say that, I'd I'd love to hear just from you guys. Um, how how has praying together? Um, how have you seen that in your life? Just shape you, help you think about um, the importance of prayer. How have you been practicing that sort of thing? Um, anyone want to share? Yeah, Ray. I can only say for Holly and Dale and then Jim, because Jim and I have been going through the prayer intensive program. Yeah. And I had an experience at the gym. So mm-hmm. we're doing other exercises. As you're getting ripped, <laughs> benching. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, Kevin. I was going to say, some of us have been like reading Bibles in between meals with Holly and Dale and I. Mm. I found that to be really fruitful towards the end. Um, like they would go on their lunch and they would tell stories about mm. prayer and how sometimes you can get together and not really have to pray for each other. Mm. You get together to read a chapter of scripture and talk about it and then pray about it. Yeah, Ernie. Yeah, I remember the Cleveland ones we did um, when we camped in and for Cousin Jim, he asked him and, and Jim prayed for some of his dad and they were like, we don't get very in the car, we need to pray together and so mm. we just, we just prayed together and it was like, I mean that's mm. like what it should be like. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Anyone else? Yeah. I learned from my dad Jim knows and he's above all of us. But when my dad talks 
That's great. Yeah. Um, I think that if you're talking about isolation and storytelling, that sometimes it can be weaker in like a fictional way that like someone is is trying to like um, specifically give you a place in the recent way that I enjoy or that like I'm working with a project like doing like writing called Bright and she described it would be like mm. fun and just it was like kind of interesting but like it changed my attitude mm. and put me off and so yeah. um, I feel like storytelling kind of gives you ideas. To both your points, like I, I, I think playing with another one another doubles our joy, um, right? We just we we get joy from playing, but playing with another person, another believer, just doubles doubles our joy. Um, but we also, um, Laura, what you were hitting on, we we see something kind of like like a diamond turning you know, turning it a bit, getting a different angle, we see something of Jesus that, like, we just, we may not have seen before, or just the gospel impacts us in a way that it hasn't, and that, that's a real gift, that, like, what we have in one another um, through prayer is to see Jesus more clearly and to enjoy him more and to double our joy. I mean, all these things, you know, as I'm saying these things, I'm thinking, I, I want to pray with y'all more um, <laughs> to get more joy, and to see Jesus more. Um, well, I, I want to jump real quick to, um, and this is just hitting on something, Dan, you were saying. Um, I, I think we, we, we can struggle. Like we, we recognize that prayer is such a good gift, and we want to pray more, but sometimes it's hard to pray. Um, and um, it's hard, but I don't think it has to stay hard. Um, I, I don't, I don't think because you know we're we're talking about cultivating um, habits, and a, as we think about, um, you know, creating rhythms where we're we're um, setting aside time to pray um, alone, um, 
praying with one another, getting in these, these rhythms, um, it becomes, I think, less hard. Um, and I think that's a good thing. It doesn't have to stay hard. But um, to your point, Dan, what, what are some ways that we could think about that like would make prayer less hard? Um, uh, so here are just some things that have helped me cultivate a praying life. Um, that where it's become more of a, a, a delight and less of a duty. Um, the first is, um, let me encourage you to become like a kid, become like a child. Um, more than once, Jesus tells his disciples to become like little children. One of the most famous, um, Matthew 10, there's the, these young mothers, they're trying to bring their children to Jesus. The disciples, right, they're blocking them. Um, don't bring your kids Jesus, don't bother him with this. And then Jesus rebukes his disciples. He says, when Jesus saw it, he was indignant. Um, there's not many times we read, I think, in the Gospels where Jesus is indignant. And he says to them, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them. For to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Or there's another incident. The disciples are they're arguing with one another who's the greatest um, Jesus sits down, he grabs this little child, and he says, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like a little like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Or here's, here's a less known incident. Disciples, are, they're returning, all excited about their first missionary uh, journeys. They say to Jesus, Lord, uh, even the demons submit to us in your name. And Jesus, here's his response, um, joyous, prayer. He says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and he says, revealed them to little children. He's talking about his disciples there. So in prayer, we often try to be something that we're not. Um, I do. Um, we try to be spiritual, try to have the right words, try to get it right. Um, Maybe even try to fix ourselves up before we, we come to the Lord in prayer. But Jesus wants us to come to him like little children, just as we are. Um, a lot of us are overwhelmed with life. Our, our minds wander all the time. We're, we're a mess. Um, I'm a mess, and we know it. But Jesus loves you, and he loves your mess. He wants to know you and your mess. Paul Miller says this. He says, come overwhelmed with life. Come with a wandering mind. We think, like with prayer, we have to, like, when we wander a little bit, we think, ooh, that's not prayer. That's a bad thing. We shouldn't be doing that. Come messy. Come dirty. Jesus loves real people. Um, he would much rather deal with the real thing. Um, I love that. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite things about um, moments about being a parent, I only have young kids, so all my stories about having young kids. But I love the moment when my, at least my two, um, two of my kids started walking. Like it's just, for, for any parent, it's a, it's a wonderful moment. They're wobbling, right? You're just like, oh, are they gonna get it? Um, and I love to, to watch those moments. The heart of prayer is learning to come to the Father like a child. And so if maybe today, you know, if you're struggling with prayer, maybe take those first wobbly steps, you know. 
wobble a little bit, fall a little bit. Like that is Jesus invites all of that. Um, he wants us to come to him like, like little children. So there's that first thing that has just been really helpful for me in just shedding, picking away all the, um, the, the the, just the, the things that I have to pull together um, in order to come to the Lord. The second, talk to your father like a child. Um, we should come to God like kids, not put together, messy. Um, and how do we, we learn to walk with our father? We learn by asking like kids, believing like kids, and even, I would argue, playing like kids. And this is all from Paul Miller. Um, so if you have an issue with the last one, take it up with <laughs> Paul Miller. Um, ask like kids. Um, like children are like known for asking repeatedly on drives, any, at least my kids, anywhere, whether it's like going like five minutes down the road or two hours to see grandparents. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Um, they're asking about everything repeatedly with like zero shame. Um, at all. Um, that's just what kids do. Um, they just say what's on their minds. And, and, and we should, I think, learn something from this. To, to rep- it's okay to repeatedly ask the Lord for things. He does not get sick and tired of us asking. Um, he just doesn't. Um, believe like kids. Um, my, my kids trust me instinctively because I'm their dad. They believe that I want good things for them, and I do. As we get older, um, I think we tend, like as adults, we become more cynical, though, right? Our, our childlike faith dies this a thousand deaths. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way. Um, you know, on the rare occasion, Jesus encounters adults who are believing like children in the Gospels. <clears throat> he stands on the soapbox, and he practically yells out like, Pay attention to this person. Um, look at how she or he believes. So believe like kids. Um, play like kids. Learning to pray, I think, means surprisingly learning to play. Um, I, I, the story I told about um, Janie, like my, my second oldest, um, she's two. Having a conversation with her, it's like ping pong. It's just, it goes all over the place. Um, and there's no, like, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason, too. It's not interconnected. Um, um, we can learn a lot from this, I think, um, for our own prayer lives. So um, when your mind starts to wander in prayer, be like a child. Don't worry about staying on task or being organized. Um, remember that you're in a conversation with a person. Um, instead of beating ourselves up, learning to play. Um, and then last, before we close, um, just embracing our helplessness. Um, it's something that I'm just constantly learning um, myself. Instinctively, I think we want to get rid of our like neediness, our helplessness. Um, but God wants us to come to him empty-handed. He doesn't want us to come bringing something. He wants us to come empty-handed, weary, heavy-laden, so the Christian life isn't a, a, is it's not about outgrowing our dependence. It's not the Christian life. It's um, learning, I think, uh, almost the, the, entire, the entirety of the Christian life is learning how to say help 
um, more and more, growing more and more needy, or at least recognizing it. So let's, you know, not being allergic to our helplessness. Um, it's the very thing that, we're, that we feel allergic to that makes prayer work. Um, it works because we are helpless. Um, last thing I'm going to say, develop an eye for just seeing Jesus. Um, this is something that I have, have seen in others that has really impacted the way that, that I pray. One person individually, you know him, Brandon Rogers, had just was particularly gifted at um, seeing evidences of grace in other people's lives. Identifying, calling them out, and then like thanking the Lord for those things. And it has really influenced the way that, that I pray. Um, Mrs. Miller says this. He says, because he keeps his eye on the, or Paul, because Paul keeps his eye on the present work of Jesus. This is when he's praying for the Corinthians. He says, I give thanks to my God always for you. The Corinthians were not easy people to love. Um, because he keeps his eye on the present work of Jesus, Paul is not overcome by evil, but overcomes evil with good. Even as God has extended grace to Paul, so Paul extends grace to the Corinthians. And this, I love this line. He says, he looks at them through rose-colored glasses, tinted with the blood of their Savior. Um, uh, just a wonderful way of saying it. So uh, just developing an eye uh, for Jesus. That's about all the time we have. I could blitz through real quick just a few practical helps. Um, but uh, the big thing is, as you think about cultivating uh, a praying life, recognizing that what we're doing, that whether it's privately or together, is that we're just coming together to enjoy the Lord, to enjoy Christ. Um, so setting aside, aside that time to pray, redeeming the time, whether it's walking, driving, um, moms, whether it's doing dishes or laundry, um, and then maybe even thinking about throughout the week, this week, thinking about a system for prayer. One of the things that um, we do as pastors here, and one of the things that I've done personally that's just been really fruitful um, is praying through the membership directory, just praying for each individual person, um, whether you know them well or not. Um, and then I know some of you probably journal prayer cards. Those things are, are helpful, too. Um, we could talk endlessly. I wish we had more time. I'd love to hear um, what you guys are doing um, with that. We can touch base after uh, the gathering. That's all we've got. Next week, um, Josh is going to be helping us think through um, family worship. So if you've got kids, even if you don't, be here for that. It's, um, I'd encourage you to be here for that. Um, so we'll see you guys next week. Let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll get to the gathering. Father, we, um, we're so grateful uh, for the gift of prayer, that we can, we can come like children um, and bring our concerns to you. Um, help us to cultivate this, this habit of uh, enjoying you through just almost a constant communication um, with you. Privately and together, uh, would you help us as a church to become more and more and more a praying church. Just like Acts um, says that we would be just a people devoted to prayer. Um, would you do that work in us? Would you do that work in me? Um, thank you, Lord, for this time that we've had together. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks, all.